My name is Brie Castellini. I used to be a spy. My name is Chris Cherry. I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to too. That's a Mitch Hedberg joke, in, in case the police are listening. And this is Burn Noticed, a weekly rewatch of the USA television masterpiece Burn Notice about Michael Weston, a spy recently disavowed by the U.S. government who uses his special ops training to help others in trouble. Throughout this podcast, we will be rating each episode on whether it is A, an episode of television, B, a great episode of television, or C, a great episode of Burn Notice. If you want to know the complicated calculations that go into those ratings, either listen to our intro episode or wait till the end because we'll talk about it again. And remember that spoilers are coming up, so either watch the episodes along with us, uh, we're watching them on Hulu currently, or shut up. Also, if you or anyone you know knows Jeffrey Donovan, please get in touch. You can send us questions, suggestions, compliments, and, and I cannot stress this enough, no criticism of any kind to burnnoticepodcast at gmail.com or to our Twitter, burnnoticepod. That's burnnotice with a D. So this week we're talking about season one, episode seven, Broken Rules, which aired August 9th, 2007 and was written by Mare Smith, M-E-R-E. So is I'm it Mare or is it Mir? I've always thought it was Mir. I've never heard that name before, so I don't know. Mir Smith wrote a lot of episodes of Angel. Was... Yeah, I, I mentioned that yeah. actually. Yeah, so, okay, Mir. Fine. I, it's Mir Smith and it was directed by Tim Matheson, who is the vice president Hoynes on West Wing. That's so. That's Isn't it right. random? That like this, like this episode weirdly has a pedigree from like people I know. Yeah, no, it's a very strange like combination of people. So Mir Smith, this is the only episode she ever wrote yeah. on Bird Notice, but she's credited as a supervising producer over the whole season. So she, I think she was just like in the room. Yeah, uh, good for her. She also, like Chris mentioned, uh, was a staff writer in Angel for quite a long time. Um, and Tim Matheson who, again, Vice President Hoynes from the West Wing, also directed five other episodes of Burn Notice throughout the course of its run. So he he directed ones from, like, multiple seasons. He's also a recurring guest star in later seasons of Burn Notice. So he is both a director. Well, he came onto it first as a director and then became an actor on it later on. He plays a character called Larry Sizemore, yep. which is a porn name if I've ever heard one. It sure is. Uh, and, yeah, I just thought it was a very... Very, very fascinating combination of people. Yeah. No, but yeah, I remember like watching this episode and seeing Mir Smith's name. Like, I know that name. That's the first time that that's happened. Yeah. No. And I, I, I will say, I don't like this episode as much as the last one that we talked about, the one from last week. But I really did enjoy this episode. I thought there were some really good things that went on in it. I think it was fine. No, there's things about this episode that I like. I think I don't know. My big beef with this episode is um, kind of like my problem that I had with the last episode that you hosted, which is it feels like the actual plot, like case plot, ends like really soon. Like it was, I just, I was watching it and then like, like spoilers, they're about to kill the woman. And I was like, wait, are we done already? And I had to check the time. Like this episode is almost over. Like well, nothing happened. Well, yeah. Well, cause they spend like a decent amount of the third act dealing with Jason Bly. No. Like, cause yeah, like by the time the case of the week is over, there's still like a solid, like five or six minutes of episode left, yeah. which is not normal for a, a burn notice episode. Yeah. But it just meant, it felt like there was not like ever really an escalation or progression. Um, but we'll get to this point. Yeah, we'll get to that point. So the sort of IMDb description of this episode, the log line, is that Michael works to rid a community in Little Havana of a crime boss, all the while baiting Jason Bly, a.k.a. the man with no name. Who now at, has a name. Who now has a name, at the risk of his family and friends. Just baiting him. Just really getting in there and baiting. You could mm-hmm. say he's a master at it. Uh-huh. You could. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> he's, he's fine. Um, okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 
so the cold open is that Michael <laughs> screams facts about Bly in a restaurant. He just like shows up where Bly is eating. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not. Yeah, Bly is there. He's not just screaming facts about Bly in any restaurant. Although, I don't know. I could buy that he has some sort of like just bullshit justification for it. Anyway, yeah. so yeah. So he accosts Bly in a restaurant and starts screaming like, this is Jason Bly. He's an agent for CSS. Fuck this dude. Because he knows his name. Now. Yeah, because Fiona stole his wallet at the end of last episode. And so basically he's just like showboating how much he knows about Jason Bly to like put him off. Uh, but because like intelligence officers, like like fairy tale creatures, like knowing their name comes with power, like Rumpelstiltskin. Jason Bly is basically Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, that's exactly what we're getting at. Uh, however, Bly is too fly for this thing to go by. No, so no, just start over. I refuse. <laughs> uh, and this is the first of many altercations within this episode between Bly and Michael, where they both try to like out passive aggressive each other, but Bly wins because he doesn't care about anything. Yeah. <laughs> because it turns out that just because you know his name does not mean that you know anything useful about him. However, Jason Bly knows a lot about Michael and can immediately be like, uh, well, what if I, you know, screw something up with your mom? What if I get Fiona arrested? Which is the thing that he threatens in this cold open, where Fiona drives up in, uh, what is a, we learn a stolen vehicle, because that's just her thing, and probably the charger is broken again. Yeah. Who knows? And also that she has a lot of, like, illegal guns in the back of the truck, and Jason Bly knows this, and you hear, like, sirens, and oh no, Jason Bly has called the cops on Fiona to screw with Michael, and Michael, like, immediately drops all of his little passive-aggressive snark and is like, fuck, I have to leave. And yeah. so a uh, short car chase ensues, and... Um, during the car chase, they Fiona and Michael argue about supporting each other in their work because Fiona's yeah. like, "I support you in your job." Because Michael's like yelling at her for having a stolen car and, and like illegal guns, and Michael's like, "I'm helping people. You're running guns. This is not the time to have this argument, Fiona." Which I mean, I guess in Michael's job now that sort of tracks and makes sense. But Michael needs to calm down. He was a spy for the U.S. government. He was killing people for the rich people. So like, get off your high horse. Michael Weston with an E at the end. Yeah, which we thank you, Twitter, for telling us how to spell Michael Weston's name. Uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's I, I liked this cold open. It was a solid, like, action-packed cold open yeah. where, like, my, you know, we start out with some fun snark, but then immediately uh, somebody gets the better of Michael and they have a car chase. And that's that's a that's a solid cold open. Yeah, a solid car chase. Uh, so we, we catch back up with them at the loft where uh, Michael and Fiona catch up about uh, over yogurts. Eat some yogurts. We got yogurts this week. We got yogurts this week, and it's very exciting. Fiona asks uh, if she can kill Bly because Michael is... She, she tries to bring up their relationship again, which she's been trying to do for many episodes now, oh. and Michael's basically like, uh, once we get rid of Jason Bly, we can talk about it. And she's like, oh, really? Well, then if I kill him, will that speed up the timeline? And he's like, please do not kill him, Fiona. And she, like, is very put off by this. Once yeah. again, the chaotic energy of Fiona mm -hmm. is just overwhelming, and I'm drinking it in. Oh, this is a good episode for Fiona's chaotic energy. Uh, it's amazing. Everything that, like, this this is one of my favorite Fiona episodes we've had so far. Yeah. She's having such a good time. Uh, so, the... Also, this is the first episode of Burn Notice that was written by a woman. It is. It's yes. probably the only one written by a woman throughout the entire season. <laughs> or the entire run of the show. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, that that is notable. The first female written episode has really good Fiona moments. Yeah, yeah. Michael's like, please don't kill her, him, Fee. He's, I know he's going to get me information, even though he said this about literally everyone they've met. Like every yeah. single person that Michael Weston comes in contact with, he's like. Fee, you can't kill them because they're going to get me the answers I need. But you Dude. said that about everyone, Michael. It feels like you're just sort of like guessing. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> by the end of this episode, he does have information. That's true. But also he uses the exact same phrase that he uses with every other random person, including Jan, who gave <laughs> him nothing. I'm just oh. saying Michael Weston might not actually be that good of a spy. Hot take. I think being a spy requires a lot of trial and error. That's fair. And I would like to say that in a voiceover. <laughs> All right. So we immediately, this is like the quickest we've done this so far, but we immediately like go into the case of the week because Michael basically ends the last scene by saying, "I if I'm going to deal with this Jason Bly character, I need to put some cash together. Exactly. There's a specific reason why I need cash. <laughs> and it's and not, not to feed or clothe myself. Exactly. Uh, so we meet Ernie Paseo, who is a local store bodega owner and is one of many shops in his little Havana neighborhood that's being terrorized by a uh, group of thugs. At first, the thugs were like, this is protection money. Give us money and we'll protect you. But then they've since dropped the act and are just like, just give us the money. We're just, yeah. We just want the money. Uh, so basically, Michael is being hired to uh, to deal with this. We yeah. learn that the woman, the person in charge is named Concha Ramirez. She's a woman. And Michael says in a very weird voice, a woman, in, a woman boss, how progressive, yeah. which is a very weird and out of nowhere thing to say. Yeah. And he, it's not the only time that it happens. Like he brings it up again later on in his alias. Yeah. It's very weird. I like, I don't know, like, what the, like, thing that they're doing with this is. They're equal opportunity bad guy writers. No, but it's, like, the thing of... Normally I would say, like, whatever... This is, like, a thing that happens a lot, like, when, like, men write scripts about, mm-hmm. like, women, like, women bad guys or whatever. So I'm, it's a little confusing to me that it's a time when, like, a woman is writing it. And I don't know. It's possible that these are rewrites. By yeah, Matt, uh, yeah that, that, that old Maddie Nicks added yeah. some stuff. And that's in incredibly likely mm-hmm. like hey guess what a woman wrote this episode and there's a female villain feminism exactly but anyways we move on ernie gives michael 10k in a paper bag to show that he's serious about this because even though michael has decided to take this job he's still kind of like uh, do i want to take this job because it's michael weston and that's what he does at every job yeah. he hems he haws <laughs> yeah exactly he's very good at negotiating he always it always feels like he could walk away at any moment yeah uh, and so I only wrote down the amount of money because it is notable. This is like the most money that Michael Weston has had at any given time. Like in an earlier episode when an old lady got beat up, like he got 300 bucks for expenses, yeah. which is so little money. And so the fact that he just like has $10,000 all of a sudden, it feels really notable. It is. Except that like it comes to nothing. Yeah, it comes and to it's nothing. Sort of, like, and it's weird that it's not like a rich person who's giving him this 10k where is this guy like getting i i don't know where I mean, he says especially just, since his like store he's getting broken into and like people keep taking money from him like yeah how does he still have this much held up i don't know but yeah. this, this man has some savings and he's like no one who works on bone on bone notice <laughs> i would enjoy this show so much more if it was called bone notice there's a show called bones there's a show called bones um which i might like more than burn notice burn, bones I, is a good show bones is fine um and but bone notice though um but yeah i, I don't even i don't even remember what i was talking about i'm so the, excited was i er, at the concept of bone notice ernie paseo has ten thousand dollars to give him um yeah no one involved in making burn notice has any idea about how money works yeah no it's bananas but yeah so he has a bunch of money in a paper bag and um <laughs> 
He uh, oh, and and the other maybe thing, the bones are their money. <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to mention here is that so Michael like looks in the bag to like see the money, and then he like opens his mouth a little bit, and someone has edited a whistle sound over it, like a "woo, that's a lot of money" kind of a sound. Someone but well, no, because his mouth is not making a yeah, whistling he... face. It is definitely <laughs> added in post, and I'm like. Did they think that he didn't look impressed enough and they needed to add a whistle? We're looking at his face. He's not whistling. Where did the whistle sound come from? Oh. It was just such a bizarre choice that I like had to like replay the moment. Like, did I miss that? Like, did my internet freak out and like he whistled in a different... No, no, no. They just added a whistle. Maybe Jeffrey Donovan just whistles weird. With his mouth open? Why? You know, you know how to whistle, don't you? <laughs> you, you put your lips apart and blow. No, that's not how you do it. It's very strange. Um, so then Ernie gets very earnest, and Michael gets well, uncomfortable. That's why he's called that. Yeah, and then Michael gets extremely uncomfortable and leaves, but not before stealing a fedora. He basically like walks by like a thing of hats and like sees a fedora, holds it up to Ernie. Ernie goes, "Yeah, okay, I guess." And then he like puts the hat on and leaves. And it's just like, why, Michael Weston? What? He just takes a hat. What? He is. Michael Weston loves Reddit, and that's why Reddit loves him. <laughs> Milady. Milady. <laughs> a woman boss, Milady. Uh, so as he's leaving, um, in a very kind of nice shot where it's like through a, a fence as he like walks past a lot of like colorful yeah. storefronts and stuff. I, I thought that this shot, this episode was well covered as well. Yeah. I thought like it wasn't, it didn't take as many risks as the one yeah, before it. Yeah, it flashy. It wasn't like... as flashy, but like there were some interesting shots and some good solid coverage and angles that you wouldn't normally see, but it didn't feel overwhelming. Like it yeah. felt like everything was covered exactly how it needed to be and just like a little bit more competent than normal. Yeah, that makes sense. I thought Tim Matheson did a good job. Yeah. There was like a walk and talk with him and Barry, which I thought was well uh, Yeah, you know, good job, executed. Billy Bob. Good job, buddy. Uh, so as Michael is leaving, he gets a call from Sam, who is being um, <laughs> angrily pursued by his new girlfriend because apparently Jason Bly gave her a call and told and basically implied that Sam was cheating on her. And so she's very upset. And Michael's like, oh shit, Jason Bly is actually starting to fuck shit up in my life. I need to deal with this dude now. Yeah. Uh, and the scene between Sam and his girlfriend ends on a very funny like freeze frame note because the girlfriend throws a vase at him yeah. and Sam like whips around like to get out of the way and has this like oh, face. And it's like a freeze frame of the face. And I don't know. It was a very funny gag. It was a yeah. really great face. I enjoyed it, it. It was good, too. Again, it's another, like, like a little bit women be crazy, which, again, I don't know. But, I, yeah, it's a fun scene. Yeah, it's, it's a fun scene. It's some good, like, good timing, yeah. good gags. Um, and then we have another, we have a, our first meeting of the minds of the whole group. So Sam, Fee, and uh, Michael get lunch, I guess. Uh, Michael's plan is to throw money at They're Bly. They're always eating out. Where does he get his money? I mean, now he's got $10,000, but he doesn't normally. Yeah, exactly. So so they, they go out to eat. Michael's plan to deal with Bly because Sam's like, we need to deal with Bly. This is like, this is not okay. My is relationship they, is in jeopardy. Do you think he just has like a, a big coupon uh, book that's just for yogurt? And that's what he gets. He just like goes. You think once a week he goes to the store and says, here, I got this coupon for yogurt. He's on food stamps specifically for yogurt. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> only redeemable for yogurt. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll that's have why to there's pay only, attention. That's why there's only ever yogurt in yogurt that fridge. Yogurt and beer. He also has yogurt beer. Yogurt and beer, that's true. Um, maybe Sam pays for the beer. Maybe. That that tracks. Uh, anyways, so um, 
basically this is like a two-parter sort of brain trust where the first part is Michael being like, no, I've got it. I'll deal with Blyde. We have this money now. So I'm going to throw some money at him, see what happens. The other half of this brain trust is that they need to uh, rescue this neighborhood. So Contra Ramirez apparently works out of a restaurant and that the plan is to scare the hell out of her and her gang so that they feel like it's not worth terrorizing this little town anymore. Um, so that's, that's the idea. Then there's a very funny moment where, um, Michael, like, gives Sam, like, 20 bucks, like, hey, buy your girlfriend some flowers, I'm sorry this happened. He's like, I don't know, Mike, she was pretty upset, so Michael hands him a little bit more money, and he goes, I mean, like, she was gonna buy me a car, and now she, like, doesn't even want to talk to me, and Michael gives him a little more money, and it's just, like, this very funny, like, fleecing, and it also cuts to, uh, Fiona at one point, who's, like, having such a good time with this, she's like, Sam, you rascal. Like, at this point, Fiona's just, like, full 180 on Sam. She loves Sam. Anything that Sam does is hilarious. Yeah, and then it, and it ends with him being like, dinner's on me! (laughs) And he has this little chuckle where it's like, I think it it almost looks like Bruce Campbell is breaking. Yeah. Where he's just like, I'll take dinner. I'll, I'll buy lunch today. Yeah. It's just, it's a very cute little scene. Yeah. And it's like, there's like a nice shot of like the behind shot of Michael trying to like pass the money out. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was no, funny. It was, fun. it was well edited. It was good, yeah. well paced. I don't know. It was a good time. I it's was very, enjoying it. Very competent. So then we get to some recon with Sam and Fee. We learn that uh, Sam's girlfriend, Veronica, uh, was going to buy him a Cadillac because like, the, you know, Sam... Oh, was a Mercedes. Is that a Mercedes? Uh, no, he says Cadillac okay, multiple well. times. Because gotcha. uh, So Fiona, as they're like doing their stakeout, is complaining about how shitty Sam's car is. And he's like, well, my girlfriend was going to buy me a Cadillac, but, you know, with this Bly situation, that's yeah. not going to happen. And Fiona like takes her sunglasses off and is like, what are you doing to these women? And Sam's like, mm, wouldn't you like to know? And then they go back to reconnaissance. Yeah. But it's also a very cute little moment where finally someone asks, what is Sam doing with these women? Exactly. They give him so much stuff. And he's not like a sugar baby. Like, he is a grown-ass old man. He's a but he's a sugar man. He keeps it tight, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he's got to be good at something. He's, he's got to be good at something. Yeah. Uh, and so enter Concha, who is an attractive woman that Sam immediately tags as an attractive woman. Yeah. Uh, so I think we've already fulfilled the Sam is peak Bruce Campbell. In no, episode. we definitely have. 100%. <laughs> and also, Fee gets to do a lot of fun, like, yeah, explosive yeah. and, you know, yeah. gun-running stuff in this episode. So, oh. like, they, this there's is a, a, this there's is a, a scene later where, like, that definitely meets, even though there's no, like, blowing things up, that definitely meets the good use of Fionn. Yeah, no, it, this is this is another good side character episode. It is. I thought that, like, a lot of the stuff with them, basically all the stuff with them was really, really great. Yeah. Uh, so we, we basically are introduced to Concha in the way that we're introduced to most bad guys, which is we watch them do a bad thing, so we know, bad guy. Exactly. Uh, in this situation, a man has been brought to her who hasn't been able to pay his, like, tithe, you know, the, 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 the thug tithe, the thug tithe. The thug tithe. Yeah, the thug tithe. And, um, she basically tells her thug, like, well, does he have a life insurance policy? You have a gun, I gave you a gun, use it. Uh, basically implying, let's kill this man. Which yeah. doesn't seem like a good long-term plan, but as we learn, she doesn't really have a long-term plan here. No. She has a very different thing in mind, but we'll yeah. get to that. Okay, so then we go to a more casual recon thing. Uh, in the voiceover, Michael explains that there's, like, two types of recon. There's, like, direct, aggressive, like, follow people around recon, and then there's zone recon, yeah. where you basically just plant yourself in the middle of, like, a place where stuff's going down and just sort of observe yeah, uh, and it's a little bit more casual and that kind of stuff. And they people watching, people watching essentially. Yeah. Uh, so they 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 get down to their people watching, where we meet uh, Diego Cruz, who is labeled as the assistant crime boss, which is very good. I which, like that a lot. Which it's is a like, good joke. yeah, it's a good joke, and it's also like I didn't realize that was a thing that people could be. So <laughs> you know. Very enterprising of him. Yeah. Uh, it's also notable that uh, Diego Cruz is much older than Concha. So yeah. the assistant 
uh, is not doing as hot in terms of this sort of yeah. crime ladder. Exactly, yeah. Um, back at the loft, after they've done all their little recon, Michael muses that the gang is too aggressive for long-term sustainability in the neighborhood. So he has also noted, like, this is very aggressive if they want to just, like, keep getting these people's money. Like, coming around every two days to, like, steal their money seems really aggressive. And Fiona's like, it must mean that they're amateurs. So that's probably going to be good for us, right? Like, it, it means that we can take them out easier. Um, and then Michael makes a joke about Sam, which Fee sees as an opportunity to talk about the relationship again. But Michael reminds her, ah, 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 only after Bly's gone. And she's like mad at him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that happens. Uh, and then we meet our alias of the episode. So this guy, he doesn't get a name, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, but he's definitely an alias. Like, like, uh, Michael specifically talks about, like, when he, what he likes and doesn't like when he is getting an alias. Yeah, yeah. One of his, like, little voiceovers is like, well, I prefer to be a international playboy or, uh, you know, rich businessman, but sometimes you just got to be a psycho. Exactly. <laughs> Which, Which I, I does do... He, does he prefer being a... See, that was my thing, too, because it's like, it doesn't seem like it, bud. You seems like you're having a very good time. And it's also, like, I feel like Michael Weston is a person who is uncomfortable with being a playboy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The one time we've seen him be kind of a playboy, he was super weird about it. Yeah, he's kind of a boy scout. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so this... this. But I, here's the thing. I don't believe he likes being a playboy. <laughs> but I do believe he feels like he has to say he likes being a playboy. <laughs> I do believe it's like, you know, I'd much rather be kind of like a rich businessman or an international playboy. I have, I've had sex before. <laughs> With uh, women. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this... I touched a boob. <laughs> uh, so I was telling Chris this before we started recording, but this is the alias I had in mind when I when I came up with the criteria that Michael Weston has to either debut or revisit an, a distinct alias. Because, like, there is nothing like the vision of Michael Weston in eyeliner and, like, a sleeveless vest, like, little button-up shirt, like, taking a baseball bat to a storefront. Jeffrey Donovan makes choices this episode he goes big i i think that he's like he's playing fiona at her best like i think that this alias of michael weston is fiona if he wasn't holding her back yes because he's like you know using a power tool to drill holes in a car that people are in he's like pouring well i mean we'll get there but like yeah yeah no he he's having a great time so anyway so the the reason that he's created this new great alias is that Uh, As he explains to his client, Ernie, whose store he goes into, he basically needs to be so psychotic that uh, and make the gang think that this is his territory, that they're like, you know what? We don't want to deal with the psychopath. We'll just leave and go somewhere else. So that's the plan. And so he's like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to like bust up your shop. And he's like, all right, I just have $10,000 lying around. So I'm probably going to be fine. So Michael smashes the the, the place up. But then there's this one very funny moment where it's like, because he has to make it look like he's really like destroyed this dude's shop. But also, you know, he's his client. He doesn't want to fuck it up too bad. So there's one point where he just sort of like lightly pushes over. Like he just like some flowers. Yeah, like he's like, about to smash the flowers with the baseball bat. <laughs> and then he looks at her and he's like, I'll just push it over. Yeah. So he just sort of like gently like places it on its side. And the guy just like looks at him like. The- the flowers, the most replaceable thing in the story. He's already, like, I will say, like, this dude has, like, already given, like, is offering to give him, like, his life savings. And he's already, like, well, I'm going to smash up your store now. You're going to have to pay for that now. Later in the episode, he suggests that Ernie go to Disneyland. What do you think? He gave you all his money. No one has any, like, understanding of how money works in the show or out, apparently. No. 
Uh, but yeah, so he he destroys the place. Uh, but there's that very funny gag where he yeah. just like lightly pushes over some flowers. He then goes and finds some thugs to like directly confront them so that they can put like a face with the rumor of like yeah. someone else is on our territory. And he beats the shit out of some dudes with a baseball bat. And at the end, he yells, "You're out of here!" Yeah, exactly. Oh, While well, he swings the baseball bat, which oh. so this is the second oh, yeah. time that like a baseball phrase has been used to like escalate an alias. Well, men use sports analogies. That's what we've learned. Yeah. Uh, but it was very fun. So uh, as Michael is, like, causing chaos, Sam and Fee are once again staking out Conscious Restaurant to kind of see, like, what shakes out now that this new player has in- entered the game uh, of baseball. Yeah. Uh, and as they are sort of watching, Fiona inquires about Sam's budding relationship, and they have a little kind of heart-to-heart. Yeah. Fiona gives him some good advice on getting his lady back. It's yeah. like, she doesn't just want you to apologize, Sam. She wants you to go deeper. She wants to feel safe. She wants to know where they stand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's it also might be relevant in another situation. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's it's one of those moments where it's like, oh, they're becoming friends and it's very that. sweet. Uh Michael returns home. Uh yeah. Michael returns home to find Bly sitting on the steps after some delightful passive aggressive snark back and forth. Bly offers him a shitty bank security guard gig so he can kickstart his new life as a private citizen. Uh, after Bly leaves, Michael calls Barry. Remember Barry? Yeah, who we haven't seen since the pilot. Yeah. Uh, we see him more. Don't you worry. Uh, so this is our little walk and talk scene um, where Michael and Barry get together. And for a small fee, Michael basically has Barry set up a bunch of like shady looking bank accounts uh, with the money that they've got from this job to like set up Jason Bly. Yeah, so, put them all in Jason Bly's name. Well, Jason Bly and Michael Weston's and name. And Michael's, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we now know that his name is Jason Bly, so it's that's why you, it's good to know. It's That's why names. it's good to know the name. Exactly. Uh, and this is it. It's like a very short little like walk and talk scene through like a park. Yeah. And then it ends. But it's notable because it's a walk and talk. And it's Barry. Shot by someone. Yeah, from, from the, the West Bank. Yeah, Exactly. West Wing. West Wing. All right. So then Michael goes to check in with his client again, with Ernie. They they go somewhere away from the neighborhood so they won't get made. Uh, and we learn that Conscious Gang has come back in force now that there's a new player on the scene. And they're, like, trying to reassert their dominance, which Ernie's like, what the fuck? This is, it's worse now. What have you done? And Michael's like, no, no, no. This is exactly what we're expected. And so this is, like, the second time so far in their working relationship where Ernie's been like, are you sure you have this? Because it feels like I've given you money and you've just fucked up my shop and made it worse. Yeah. Ernie, like, um, was expecting Michael, I guess, to just, like, come in with commandos or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, or whatever. Like, Well, like, yeah, like, there, there's a there's something where at some point some, uh, Michael, uh, he Ernie says something to the effect of, like, I heard you were, like, special forces. Can't you just, like, beat them up? Yeah. And Michael's like, no, no, no. I solve uh, problems with spycraft rather than violence. I've got this. Yes. Uh, so he's like, you got to just trust me. And Ernie's like, all right, fine. I trust you. You have so much of my money. <laughs> Please just make this work. Uh, so Michael, as crazy Michael, uh, now ambushes some of the gang again. And this is the, and and this yeah. is the scene mm-hmm. where, like, yeah, he, like, pours, like, drills holes in the roof of the car, pours in paint thinner. Yeah, he, yeah, he pours turpentine in on him. Yeah, he's got, like, a lighter... And he jumps on it, and he's, like, shouting, like, this is my neighborhood! This is my neighborhood! It's my neighborhood! Like, just... It's, like... It's full psycho. It's incredible. Jumping up and down, just, like, drilling holes into a car, like, waving around like a torch. Like, he's just, like, having the time of his life. The thing about this scene is that, like, Jeffrey Donovan famously doesn't have a lot of range. Sure. um, Generally, and, like, he never, like... And, like... I feel like a lot... Of, he's always really deadpan a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And it does feel a little bit like Director West Wing told him, like, he, that he wanted to see on Eleven. And, like, 
because I feel like Jeffrey Donovan seems like unused to like having a lot of different levels to his performance, just immediately went as big as he could possibly go, as anyone could go. Because this feels like the take that we have on the screen feels like the take that the director was supposed to say, okay, now pull it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. This was like the ones like, I gotta get let, okay, we got, okay, we got the energy, love that energy, but like a little bit less. Mm-hmm. then that would be good. But no, we got the biggest energy it, take. It's incredible. It's such he a great He sounds like a child having a tantrum. Yeah. Like, it's not I really... Mean, and that he kind of does play with that. Like, it's like, it's my place. Nobody else can have it. This is my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. Like, I want more of Michael Weston and Eyeliner jumping up and down on cars. <laughs> exactly. It's extremely fun. Yeah. So as he's doing this, the, the other reason that he's trapped all these thugs in a car is because he wants their money. So he, like, demands them give him his money, them their money. So he gets their money and walks off all, like, self-satisfied when he is ambushed by Diego. Remember, the assistant crime boss. <laughs> and he's like, you're coming with me. And Michael, like, turns away, like, oh, okay. But then, like, right before we cut to commercial, we see a little smirk on his face. He's like... Exactly his plan. Exactly. Then we cut to Michael getting the shit kicked out of him in Concha's office. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it hasn't gone immediately to plan, but he is where he wants to be. You know, he's with the big guns. And then they, like, flirt a little bit. And basically, uh, the things that we learn here is that, A, Concha is not perturbed at all that this dude is doing this. She's just like, work for me. And he's like, fine. And it's everything is fine. Definitely everyone trusts each other. But the other thing we learned is that the reason that they've been so aggressive on all these shopkeepers is not because they want like a long-term relationship with being, you know, the boogeymen in this area. They don't want to run the town. They want to buy the town. Exactly. They, they want it for its real estate space. So once they make the place feel suitably unsafe, they'll, they will sell to Concha at like much lower than market rates so that she can like own the little area and make it her own. Yeah, it's sort of like, spoiler alert for season four of Veronica Mars, it's sort of like plot of Veronica Mars season four, actually. Yeah, well, there's a lot of power in real estate, as we're learning. Yes. Uh, So Michael agrees that he'll work for her, um, and we learn through some, like, meaningful cuts to Diego looking upset that Diego's not thrilled that Michael is now part of their little racket. Uh, so then Michael and Diego go out in the town to talk details, you know, because he's the assistant. So the assistant will really fill him in on, like, exactly. what their plan is. He has to train new employees and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I'm an assistant manager. I know what that's like. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Diego uh, also tells him to knock off the psycho act um, and doesn't really know a ton about the real estate angle because he's old school. He used to be a bookie. He even had his own crew. Then we learn that Concha... He just volunteers all this information. Yeah, he's just, like, telling this new dude that he definitely doesn't trust all of his information about his past. Yeah. And so it's like, well, that's convenient. Yeah. He just, he just needs someone to talk to. He just needs somebody to listen to him. Yeah. Uh, so we learn that the, re- the way that he kind of got usurped is that Concha killed his old boss, like, at the old boss's kid's birthday party. Yeah. So that we know that she's extra savage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so Diego was like, all right, I guess I'll work for her now. And now he's working for her. Yeah. But we get the impression that he's a lot more old school and he doesn't... He just wants this to be simple. Yeah, he doesn't like working for her. Yeah, he he is a dissatisfied assistant manager. He's a bit of a star screen. <laughs> so then we have another weird moment about women where Psycho Michael asks, what's it like working with a lady boss? And yeah. I don't know why they choose to ha- do that. They had hashtag to mention it. girl boss. Yeah, hashtag girl boss. And he goes like, I don't know, it's fine. Like, she sucks. Men suck. It doesn't matter. Everyone sucks. Yeah, exactly. So we don't get anything interesting out of it. It's no. just like another moment for them to be like, hey, Female villain. Ooh. We did it. She's got boobies. Exactly. Um, so then Michael basically takes a swing at his first impression now that he's out in the town with his new uh, co-workers. And he's like, their nickel and dime situation is just not going to move the, th- the needle as fast as they want to. He's like, this is going to take forever if we're just playing the slow game. Well, yeah, because the thing is, like, 
Michael, like, needs to, A, like, make an impression as, like, a crazy person. And, like, B, also not actually have to rob people for money. Yeah, exactly. So, he definitely does not want to rob actual people, especially people that he's not working for. Because, like, it's exactly. one thing to steal from Ernie because Ernie knows what's up. But it's another thing to just, like, go into a random store and be like, hey, I'm wearing eyeliner. Give me your money. Exactly. So he's like, I'm going to do something even crazier. And so since Fiona's across the street, like, doing recon, he goes over, smashes the window to the car that Fiona's in. And it's like, give me all your money. Give me all your money. And then Fiona, like, is not phased at all and just, like, stares at him like, and he's like, play along. Yeah, there's this very, like, Sean and Gus moment yeah. where he's sort of, like, gritted teeth arguing with her. Like, give me the money. Give me the money. I'm like, yeah. Fiona, please. And so then he's like, please act scared. And so then there's, like, a beat, a beat. Like, she goes from dead face to just full-on scream. So much like Michael on the roof of the car earlier <laughs> in this episode, Fiona just goes full, like, 2 and 11 and just screams. And then he goes in to grab the purse. She opens the door and just fully punches him in the face, like, like, five three. times. So, good. so many... This is my favorite scene. This is my absolute favorite scene, where she's just, like, she's playing up being scared. And so she punches him in the face, like, four times. And he's like, Fiona, stop punching me. Give me the purse. And finally wrestles it away from her. <laughs> It's extremely fun, extremely good. Get yours, Fiona. Yes. Uh, and then he, like, hands it over to Diego. Like, look, I got a purse. And Diego's like, no, that's way too far. You're going to get the cops called on us. We can't take money here now. Yeah, so uh, Diego's very unhappy. Um, but Michael had a had a good time. Exactly. And, and Fiona definitely got hers. And now he's going to look like a good kind of crazy person in front of Concha, who is also crazy. Yes, exactly. Uh, back at the loft, Michael, still in his horrible Ed Hardy getup, is greeted by Jason Bly, uh, and gets his second yogurt of the episode. So this is the second yogurt we've seen Michael Weston consume. Yes. Uh, Bly, it tells him that if he doesn't take the security guard job offer that he gave him earlier. Is Bly also eating yogurt? Uh, he did earlier, so we'll come back to this. So, but Jason Bly implies that he ate yogurt earlier, but we don't see it yet. Mm. So Michael gets the yogurt and they have a little conversation and Bly is basically like, remember that security job that I offered you that sucks? You better take it because otherwise I'm going to fuck up your whole life. Yeah. Like, listen, just be a normal person, take a job for a paycheck. The thing is, he really likes taunting Michael, which it seems like not the right tack to take. Like, he's like really gloating in the fact, hey, you have to take... Take this shitty job. It's really shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like Bly has gone a little bit too far, like, because he thinks that he has all the power, and he's he's chosen to... His hubris is getting to him a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, if he was a real good spy, he would maybe take, you know, pace himself a little bit. Yeah. Try a new tactic, because it seems like the only thing that you're going to get if you challenge Michael Weston is a whole world of hurt. Uh, but we'll get to that. The things he specifically threatens this time is that he's going to put Nate in jail, which honestly sounds like a good thing for everyone. Yeah. So maybe he just like lets Bly go as far as put Nate in, putting Nate in jail so he can yeah. just get rid of him for a little while and also tell some dangerous people where Fiona is because apparently she's got people in her past who would definitely like to know where she's hanging out these days. So once again, Michael crumbles oh. immediately in this scene and is like, fine, I'll take the security job. Nate is Michael's brother. That's right. <laughs> Forgot. It's been like two episodes since we've seen him, Chris. I mean, to be fair, in the, in the actual episode where they talk about this, they say, I'll put your brother in jail. They don't actually say no, Nate. No, he says Nate. No, but he also says your brother. Like, I feel like, to remind everyone that Nate is his brother, because I've already forgotten. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so basically Michael is like, shit, you got me there. Those would be two bad things to happen to people I care about, so fine. I'll be a night security guy at a bank. Yeah. Of course, he has no intention mm-hmm. of being a night security bar. 
security guard at a bank at all. No. <laughs> but we'll get to that. So uh, now we have another little lunch date with Diego, Concha, and Michael. Concha is impressed with the little stunt that Michael pulled, even though he got punched in the face many, many times by a very small woman. Um, and, and also made it so they could not collect money. Yeah, and so Concha's basically like, I'm impressed with your your brand of psycho, but I I think, like your spunk. I like your spunk, kid, but Diego's right. You should probably chill the fuck out. Uh, she also says, uh, speaking of people who need to chill the fuck out, there's this dude who lives in the neighborhood who owns a bodega that we need you to kill. And it's, oh no, Ernie. Yeah, she's already, she's mentioned before that she does not like this guy. Yeah, Ernie has not been quiet about the fact that he is not okay with this whole situation. And yeah. finally, it's gotten to a boiling point and Concha has found a psycho, psycho enough to just do it. Yeah. So she's like, please go kill Ernie. He's pissing me off. Yeah. And Michael's like, okay. So then Michael meets with Ernie and says, you need to get out of town. Maybe go to Disneyland. Yeah. Ernie is upset again and is like, I'm giving you all of my well, savings. Please get these people out wait, of my this place. it's actually important. I don't remember when I watched the episode and I watched it today. Does he say Disneyland? Yeah. And not Disney World? I don't remember. I actually, that, that de- level of detail I did not get. Because I love the idea of like, hey, fly all the way across the country to Disneyland and not Disney World in Orlando. I, yeah, I truly don't remember <laughs> Uh, but yeah, ba- basically Michael's like, you need to get out of town for a little bit. I will handle this, but like, you're supposed to, I'm supposed to kill you. So you need to leave. Ernie's upset again. And, and once again, impresses upon Michael, like I have given you so much money. I am giving you literally my life savings. You have to promise me that this is going to get these people out of my neighborhood. And Michael's like, just trust me. It's going to happen. And Ernie's like, fine, I'll leave. V and Michael make a firebomb in a very cute way. Anytime, apparently, that they're making explosives together, they, like, flirt a lot. They do, yeah. Because it's, like, Fee at her absolute peak horniness. Right, exactly. And I think that it's just, like, Michael just can't get enough. Exactly, yeah. Just the pheromones. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what it is, but, like, yeah, they're just, like, in his kitchen making a bomb, and they're just, like, having such a cute little time. Like, he, like, you know, puts some tape on her face. Yeah, he does. It's, he like, does. it's a really cute scene. They're having a good time. They're just, you know, it's it's the equivalent well, you know, of, like, blowing paint at somebody. Exactly. Or, well, they're, they're cooking. It's like they're, they're making dinner. That's very sexual. It's true. Yeah, yeah, they're making dinner, except in this case, it's a bomb. Exactly. Which, I... I mean, I'm not surprised... The, with the way that all of this went down and like clearly he had a plan and all this stuff but I have expected him to blow up Ernie's fucking bodega (laughs) it's like oh is he actually gonna blow up the bodega he's already like he's already like taken so much money he's already like fucked this place up so bad yeah just like I was expecting him to come back and like I got rid of the guys and Ernie but like my store is gone No, Michael Weston is savage, but in a different way, which we're about to find out about. So uh, Michael takes this bomb that he and Fee hornily got uh, made together. There is a little bit of cum on this bomb. <laughs> Yuck. So they get to the bodega, and um, it's closed. And Diego's like, what the fuck? This place is never closed. Somebody must have tipped him off. And then Michael's like, nobody tipped him off because they're not the target. And then he points a gun at Diego, and he's like, you're the target, Diego. Concha wants me to kill you. And Diego goes, oh my gosh. Concha wanted me to kill you. And then Michael does like a little psycho laugh and this whole... I, okay, I will... I disagree. He does not do a little little <laughs> psycho laugh. He, again, is doing this whole episode at 11. Yeah. He just like goes for it. He's like this huge like bolt, like bent over laugh. Like, oh my God, that's the funniest thing. Yeah, it's, it's an extremely big reaction. Um, and so they have like a good little laugh where they sort of exchange like, oh my gosh, she was going to fuck me over. She's going to fuck you over. That's crazy. We're all getting fucked over here. What are we going to do? And so then Michael basically gets Diego to be like, I've been thinking of killing this bitch for a long time. And Michael's like, well, how would you do it? 
And then we cut to Diego walking down the street with the duffel bag that we know that the bomb is in. Yeah. Uh, Michael stands across the street wearing a very shiny tight shirt. Mm -hmm. uh, Diego walks into Contra's little like office area and then walks back out. We see Contra through a window. Diego waves at Contra through the window and smiles. Contra looks concerned and surprised and looks over her shoulder and then her entire office explodes and it's like, holy shit! The way that we ended this conflict is that Michael made an old man bomb someone? Wow! That was an escalation that I was not expecting. But also because... That's it's been incredibly low stakes up to this point. Again, like I said earlier, when this happened, I was really confused because it did not... It felt like we were in the first act. Mm -hmm. It really did. It's like, sometimes the pacing of the show is like that, where it gets to the end and I was like, oh, we never like escalated after all. I think part of that is because nothing goes wrong for Michael ever. Yeah. And so, really like... not in this episode. There was that one episode that some thought... No, no, I mean, no, I mean, in this episode specifically, Michael never has to adjust, or, like, he, he kind of has to adjust, like, when she hires him, but that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. At no point, like, in, in this plot is he ever on the ropes. Yeah. At, at any point. And so, like, there's... It feels like everything's... That's, that's because he's on the ropes in the Bly plot line. So I know, we but, don't have time to deal with on the ropes in the, like, normal plot line. I mean, yes, but, like... I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying that I think that was the mentality going into it. It's like, he's already got enough, taking enough shit from Bly. He can't take shit from Concha. Oh, man. it Like, yeah, it would be too much if, like, he was, like, trying to, like, be killed by an assassin while yeah. he was also... Like, the... they also sort of set it up in a way where it, it felt like Ernie getting in the way was an obvious thing that could happen. Because multiple times throughout, any time he meets with Ernie, Ernie is less trustworthy. Yeah. Or, or is less trusting, trusting of crazy michael yeah. and so it totally makes sense that he would pull that guy whose daughter was being sold into sex slavery and like try to like take matters into his own hands yeah like i would have bought that anything just any sort of like difficulty or conflict in this so like that's the thing is that it's over and then something like oh and it's also over in such a brutal way it is. That is not how he has solved a problem yet well this one's a woman <laughs> that's true and women get blowed up women get blowed up uh, but no, but it just, it, it does, so it just feels like, oh, it's over now. It just, it just feels like everything just sort of happened. Like, yeah, no, it was very, like, for it being such a climactic end, it was very anticlimactic in terms of the pacing that had led us to that moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, so then... Michael meets up with Ernie at church and gives him all of his money back minus expenses. And he basically is like, I'm not going to take your life savings, which I thought he was going to. Like the same way that you thought that he was going to blow up Ernie's store, I kind of thought he was going to accept the money and just be like, it's the price of doing business. Uh, but he was basically like, I just needed some quick cash to like run a scam, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to take your life savings. Like have your money back, have your town back. And please don't tell anybody about this. Exactly. I, I'm Michael Weston. I don't need money. Yeah. I'm Michael Weston. I don't need job referrals. Uh, please don't tell anybody. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and it was also like, I, I will say throughout this episode, Michael was actually genuinely like good at talking to his client in the, for the first time, because yeah. even though he got uncomfortable early on when Ernie was really earnest about like, this is my town, this is my culture, yeah. my family built this store, all this stuff. Like anytime that Ernie was upset or like worried, Michael like talked him down and was like, listen, this is why I'm doing all of these things. Yeah. This is like the cause and effect. I promise you it's going to work. And that, like, if had he talked like this to the teenage girl in episode three, a lot of things would have gone differently. Yeah. I'm just saying, maybe Michael is learning. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought his, his bedside manner was very good in this episode. It was definitely better. Uh, so then Michael and Bly get together, and uh, Bly brings a little, like, 
folder of new job details for Michael's like new security gig and all that kind of stuff. And Michael's like, well, actually, I've got a folder too, and it's bigger. <laughs> and he gives Bly a folder of basically all of the bullshit that he and Barry have been cooking up. Like, yeah. look, now that we're such good friends, I decided to open some accounts in our names. And yeah. basically it's like, listen, Bly, I've fully set you up. If you don't give me what I want and also get the fuck out of my face you're going down and yeah. you're going down with me. And he's made it look like that they're conspiring. Exactly. And so Bly yeah. finally does not have the upper hand and is very upset and leaves. Uh, we also, uh, oh, the other thing is that he shows uh, pictures of Bly in Michael's apartment um, while Bly was like chilling and he's eating an, a yogurt in one of the surveillance photos. Do we count this as a yogurt? I mean, it, is it a yogurt if anyone eats a yogurt or is it a yogurt? I think if... anyone because then yes, like... it counts. Okay, cool. So th- so that's a this is a three yogurt episode. It's a three yogurt episode. I'm a... That also would have been a good grading system, but it's not <laughs> what we do here. It's true. Um, so and then Michael drives off in Bly's car at the end of this altercation, which yeah. is just like a very funny button for no reason. It's just like petty for yeah. petty's sake, which I really appreciated. Um, then we were near the end of the episode. Uh, Michael has a quick call with Sam while Michael is shirtless and dripping from a shower. Uh, Michael's or, or Sam's girlfriend has gotten a call from Bly that was an apology and now they're all good. So mm-hmm. thankfully he, he might get that Cadillac after all. he might get that Cadillac after all, all is good on that front. Uh, and then man to man, Sam said that he also just got off the phone with Fiona, who is probably going to come over to talk about their relationship any minute now. Cue Fiona walking in immediately. So Fiona comes in, they have a conversation, um, and they, they, basically Michael tells her that, like, we were profoundly unhappy. I don't understand why you want to date me again. And Fiona's like, oh, so you're saying you want to see other people? And Michael's like, no, we were unhappy, but also that's the happiest I think I could ever be with anyone, which is both sweet and extremely depressing. Yes. And, um... Earlier, so th- I, I, we didn't really talk about this earlier, but earlier in the episode when Fiona was like, we have to talk about our feelings. And Michael was like, I don't want to talk about our feelings. And Fiona's like, we're going to do it or I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. And so in this scene, after Michael like gives her an unsatisfactory answer to why they're not together, Fiona's like, that's not good enough. I'm going to kick your ass. And then she fully does. And she starts like beating the shit out of him. He gets in an errant punch and then feels really bad. But like, so Michael punches her in the face and she kind of like, you know, keels back. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, Fiona. I'm so sorry. And she turns around with the horniest look on her face. Like, she has never been more turned on in her life. And so they continue, like, punching and punching until they end up on the bed, and then they make out. Yeah. And then they They make out with their penises. Yeah. And vagina. Yeah. Or whatever genitalia is going Uh, on down there. Their downstairs situation. Yeah, they have a downstairs party. They have a downstairs (laughs) party. And then... That's how sex works, right? Exactly. And then the next morning, they wake up and have this very fun, like synchronized gun pull when they hear a sound yeah. outdoors, which was very fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Michael has to answer the door and Bly walks in with a folder and it's all, it's Michael's CIA folder. This is everything that they have on Michael and everything. It's, it's his burn notice. It's his burn. Well, he already had his burn notice, but now well, no, he like, has like all of the, cause, cause the dossier or, yeah, on. there was like a dossier on like why Michael was burned. Did he have his burn notice? Yeah, because he, he had the confidential document that burned him. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was what they gave the FBI guys that got them like, oh, shit, this is higher than us. We need to bring in a new That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Bly gives him his file and is like, have fun. And then there's like this really aggressively loud electric guitar sting, and then the episode ends. Yeah. <laughs> Very bizarre music choice. That's how sex works, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you beat the shit out of each other. Exactly. And then you make out, and then electric guitar. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about some spy tips. Some spy tips. So, number one, names have a special power. Out in the field, you could get... uh, Out a spy in the field, you could get them killed. Out a bureaucrat in a restaurant, you'll just piss them off. 
Cool. Again, more of a tip for dealing with the fairy realm than with spies, but okay. Sure. Uh, the longer Number two, the longer you run from police, the more likely you'll get caught. There's a small window between backup getting there where you need to find a place that's secluded and bail out. That also just feels like don't get in a car chase and if you can yeah. get out of it as soon as possible. Exactly. Yeah. That didn't feel overly practical to no. me. I don't know. Uh, number three, in surveillance work and in filmmaking, incidentally, recon <laughs> is called coverage. Uh, it's like basketball. If you stay too close to someone and follow them around, they might get antsy. So try zone defense, hang out in a central place, and let people come to you. So I thought that was nice and practical. That wasn't something it's, that would have immediately come to mind. And it's also like practical if you want to play basketball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, number four, covert ops are complicated because the good guys often look like bad guys, and sometimes two wrongs make a right. This is just like, it, what, what is this fucking episode called again? It's It, it relates to the theme. Whatever. Yeah, it's, what, it's thematic. It's called... Um, it's called Broken Rules. Yeah, so... Yeah, so this whole episode is about how you sometimes got to break a few rules. Yeah. Or people's countertops in order to exactly. turn the situation around. Yeah. Number five, as cover IDs go, Michael prefers rich businessmen and international playboys to crazy thief. Um, but if the situation calls for it, you do what you have to do. Yep. So, not practical, but also I don't... I think he's lying. I don't... I think he's lying. He's having way too much fun. Yeah. As and he doesn't both know, Homer and... And he doesn't know what to do with sexy times, except for... When he gets beaten up first. Yeah, it's true. Like, violence might not turn him on, but it does help him get going. Yeah. Uh, number well, s- no. Violence doesn't turn him on, but Fiona does. Aww. Yeah. Uh, number six. The term shock and awe gets misused a lot. It's a popular name for a military tactic called rapid dominance, which incidentally is my stripper name. <laughs> um, whether you use a bomb or some turpentine, it's all about being spectacular. And so I think this is practical because the idea is just to, like, f- be flashy and surprise people to basically establish dominance really quickly. Uh, it's all right. I, it's iffy. Um, I mean, we also learned a military term. Rapid dominance. That's kind of something. I do know the I do term like, rapid dominance now, which I very much enjoy. That is true. I also, this one very specifically puts it in the Bush administration. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like, very much saying, yes, you've heard the term shock and awe. We've, you've heard it in the news recently. We're doing that. So, yes. I like. Um, Will you allow this to be a practical tip? It seems kind of obvious. That you just be flashy to yeah, establish dominance rapidly? Exactly. It's also kind of a little bit of when you go to jail, you got to kill someone right away. It's a little bit of that. I mean, but do you? Uh, if so, practical. Okay, I'll give it to you. Uh, the, the next thing is also practical. Kill the electronic brain. So the motor? Uh, no, not the motor. Whatever. So like the, like the CPU or whatever. Like the. There's a CPU in old cars. No, he said late model cars. It's like saying newer cars. Oh, I thought he meant old cars. No, Got it. Okay. No, like recent car. Like because that's the thing. Like if, if if you've had like a car that was like made at like in the late like two thousands or afterwards, like if the electronics are fucked, your car stops working. It's. Okay, so kill the electric brain of any late model car and it's dead. It won't start, the windows won't open, and you can pretty much do whatever you want. That seems useful, because that would have been something that I would have known. Yeah, no, I... And he also basically shows you where that is. That is true. I mean, that might be different on different cars. But yeah, I think... I'll I'll give you that. Because I do know I've had a car with electronics that gotten fucked and it's bad. Yeah. Uh, Then he also says... And so I I have a 
reasoning for why this is practical. There's no substitute for improvisation. No matter how much you plan, you've still got to be flexible and willing to roll with the punches. And I think this is practical because even though it's not a specific like thing, it's basically saying like, if you want to be a spy, you can't just like plan really well and be in control of everything because sometimes you're out of control. So you need to be comfortable with improvising and being flexible in situations that call for it. I feel like there's been a lot of other tips that are this vague that we've said no to. I have given you a couple this episode. I'm not giving you this Fair one. enough. Okay. You do uh, not get this it. one. Okay. Whatever. Number nine, they say you only get one chance to make a first impression with an employer. You've got to put your best foot forward. He has like several like job related yeah. tips here that all seem very bizarre and vague. Exactly. And also in my experience with my various bosses, not true. Yeah. Uh, number 10, any new employer is looking for the same thing. Are you willing to go the extra mile? Impress them. Also not very practical. No, not like, be good at your job. No yeah. shit. Uh, however, this one I, I feel is fair. Number 11, military firebombs are typically white phosphorus or chlorine trifluoride, which is great, but they're unstable, toxic, and hard to find in a normal grocery store. So homemade firebombs can be done with styrofoam. And this is one of those things where it's like, it can't be the specific yeah. dictation, but... Feels practical. Use styrofoam to make a bomb. I Sometimes I feel like, for me, the criteria of a good spy tip can also be, is this something that you might learn on Mythbusters? <laughs> and I feel like this is something I could learn on Mythbusters. Yeah, I can buy that. So, yeah. Cool. All right, two more. Number 12, being a spy, you have to get comfortable with people doing bad things for good reasons, doing good things for bad reasons. You do the best that you can. That's just as specific as the improvisation. Yeah, exactly. It's just another rumination on the, you know, broken rules sort of title. Uh, And then finally, as a spy, sometimes you may get what you asked for, but it also might make your life more complicated. Mm -hmm. Also nothing. No, that's That's not. That's a nothing thing. No. All right, let's rate this episode. So criteria number one, spycraft over violence. I mean, he's very violent. He is very violent, but he basically, he makes other people be violent to each other and, like, uses sort of tertiary violence to get places. Like, it's, it, it's basically, he's playing a character in an angle, he and is. he's only suggestively violent most of the time. That is true. Or, like, fakey fake violent. Like yeah, Fiona. he's stage violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's stage violent. Which I he feel does, like is a type but the of eyeliner, The eyeliner, he does, it, does, it feels like he's, like, angry cat and cats. Like, he's just like... <laughs> I mean, but so, but I, I think that he's like, he's violent, not just for the sake of violence. He's got like some clever stuff. Yeah, no, He's yeah. playing some angles. So I'll give him a spycraft pass for this one. Okay. Uh, number two, pra- passive versus practical. So let's count. We've got, I know we, we've got a minus one. So we got one, two, three, only three this time. No, no. Cause, no, because you nixed one. I know, but I, I count. Oh, four. Four. All so, right, so, yeah. so still, so, no. not, not, not at five. Not at five. Gotta be he five. Was, he was close. There was one that was, like, iffy, but... Yeah. I let you have two iffy ones, so... <sighs> Fine. All right. So, once again, does not pass that. Uh, does he have an alias? Yes, he does. He no does. name, no but name. it is distinct. No, it is Psycho definitely dis- distinct. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely distinct. Very, very fun. I enjoyed it a lot. He is the nightman. And as we've already discussed, Fee and Sam get used great this episode. Yeah. Like, Fiona gets super horny over violence on multiple occasions. She yeah. builds a bomb. Sam gets to be kind of sleazy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, No, yeah, they're good. Yeah. So, yes. overall, great episode of Burn Notice. Yeah. I will not argue for it being anything other than an episode of television. I don't yeah. think it's a great episode of television. I don't television. think it's a great episode of television. I, I really did enjoy it, though. Once again, like, this was for, for our two-a-week batches of Burn Notice watching. I really did enjoy this episode. Yeah, no, it was it was fine. I mean, like there was some definitely. I honestly got okay. I feel like the Nightman is a little too much. 
Like you, it, you think the alias is it goes too far? I think it does. How dare you? I think no, because I think like it was so much and it was so big, but it was so big that like I never once thought that it would fool anyone. Like I didn't feel like people in the show should have reacted to him in the way that they did. Like he. Like, he did seem legitimately kind of crazy, but he also, again, seemed so sort of, like, childish. Like, the only reason that it worked at all is that Kancha was really stupid. Like, it shouldn't, like, everyone should have been like, no, you're an idiot, though. Like, and no Yeah, also, why didn't anyone just, like, kill him? Yeah, exactly. They should have killed him. Yeah, they should have killed him. They, exactly. Whereas, like, contrasting that with a great a- alias like Homer, whereas, like, that's... <laughs> layered... Yeah, that's layered. It's, like, funny. And, like, it's broad. It's definitely broad, but, like, it's not, like, him jumping up and down shouting, this is my neighborhood! It's my neighborhood! It's mine! It's mine! Like, yeah, no, like, the the smartest thing, like, and the smartest thing, honestly, for the story, too, would have been a situation where they immediately are like, all right, well, we have to kill this crazy motherfucker. Exactly. And then he had to be, he had to basically make good to them to convince them to, like, bring him on side. Exactly. That just, would have been a more interesting twist or and just, also like, would have made something. more sense for that character. Like, yeah, like, that behavior should not have gotten him anything. Yeah, no, that that's not the impression you want to make on a new boss. Exactly. <laughs> like, that, that's crazy. Like, that made no sense. Yeah, no, I agree. But I still had a good time watching this episode. I thought it was well-directed. I thought it was fun. I thought there were so many high highs for Fiona and Sam. So I liked it. But while it was a great episode of Burn Notice, it was just an episode of television. It was just an episode of television. And uh, that's going to do it for us this week. So thanks again to Vincent E.L. for our theme music. Uh, you can learn more about him and listen to more of his music at vincentel.bandcamp.com. He might have some stuff on Spotify, too. Check it out. Well, he didn't give me that link, so I'm not promoting it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Burn Noticed. Bye. Bye. Chris is already texting. He's over it. I'm trying to find Vince on Spotify. Well, it's too late. We're ending the episode. Thanks so much, everybody. Uh, Reddit, I hope you're happy. They'll never be happy. <laughs>